0: i uh-huh. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 52 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now, just recently, on TikTok. So go follow us on TikTok as well. I still haven't posted my video on my lazy ass, so I gotta do that. Tonight, simple, quick, short. Both Los Angeles teams in action. Both Los Angeles teams get into victory, so it's a great night for Los Angeles. Except, yeah, I'd say it's pretty good. Who do we start with? Let's start with the Clippers, my Clippers, in their second of a back-to-back, bouncing back against the Grizzlies. And they played like trash yesterday. I called it the worst loss of the season because we had Paul George and Kawhi and played that way. But tonight... You could tell from the jump that the energy was better. The communication was better. They were fighting through screens. They actually looked like they wanted to win, basically. And in the beginning, though, first couple of minutes, I was getting really mad at Kawhi for turning the ball over. I was like, oh, my God, is it going to be one of those games again? And then all of a sudden, both Kawhi and Paul George, again, it starts with them. It's all about your leaders, and that's going to apply to the next game we talk about, too. But Kawhi and Paul George were hitting screens, and they were turning the corner on him and trying to get downhill, trying to see some burst. They did exactly what I said we didn't do or couldn't do yesterday, and that was to get downhill. That was to turn the corner hard and try to get to the basket. And Paul George and Kawhi were getting shots around the basket. Kawhi had a nice dunk in the first quarter, but we didn't end the quarter too well, which caused the Grizzlies to get closer to us, and it was only a two-point game. 32-30 after one, but especially the end of the second quarter. I thought the Clippers did a much better job executing. I thought they were moving better with the ball, uh, moving the ball better, moving better without the ball. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't like some of the earlier performances of the season where the ball just flying all over the place, but it was much better than yesterday. There was much more of a sense of urgency, but I thought that it was Made because of our defense. I thought that Serge Ibaka and Zo, but mostly Serge, I'd say, did a really good job of of adjusting to what we did wrong yesterday. We didn't go to drop coverage as much, but when we did, they stepped up, put a hand up, and showed a little bit more. John Morant missed a lot more floaters today. He was seven of twenty and two of six from three. So I thought we did a better job there. I thought that. Uh, Yeah, Serge was plus 14. 12 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. He had 2 blocks as well. One was a beautiful one at the rim. I think it was on Brandon Clark or Jonas Valanciunas, one of the two. But Serge was really good. He was knocking down his shots. Not his threes, but he was knocking down his other shots. And I thought that he was showing better. I thought Zoo was showing better, but I thought that it was just better because we went to more switches. I tweeted before the game, I wanted to see a switch more. We did. Nick Batum was a big part of that. He switched on to a lot of different guys. He moved his feet well, played good one-on-one D. And I thought that Paul George and Kawhi got through screens well. I thought Beverly, his energy was up. But most importantly for Beverly, he was knocking down shots because you know his energy is going to be decent on defense. As long as he doesn't foul too much, he only fouled twice. And he was four of eight, three of seven from three. So I'll take that all day from Bev um also chipping in with three assists as well but i thought that Paul George and Kawhi getting into the paint caused you know the defense to collapse on them and there were even times where Kawhi Leonard he didn't even fully clear a guy or get by a guy but just getting into the paint and people, you know, I think there's a big problem with a lot of teams in today's NBA. They don't let players, like, they don't let their defenders go one-on-one enough. I think sometimes they overhelp or just help unnecessarily or sag off their men unnecessarily. I mean, here's the thing. You've got to realize these these guys are the best three-point shooters that we've ever had in the league or the three-pointers. The, there's the more three-point shooters on the court than ever before. So, you know, sometimes you just got to stay on your man and, they were letting threes up, and we weren't hitting them. That was the only reason why this game wasn't blown open. But in the end of the second quarter, Paul George hit a three, and I think Pat Bev after that, and then Kawhi. So we ended the half on such a good note. Some of those were caused from good defense, and then we got out in transition to get some easier baskets. I thought Dylan Brooks returned back to earth today. 5 of 14, 1 of 4 from 3, and in general, they just returned back to earth. Grayson Allen didn't hit a field goal, 0 of 4. That was a little bit rare for him, I'd say. Just wasn't a good night for him. And overall, the Grizzlies only shot 40%, 32% from three, in large part to our defense, knowing when to switch, knowing when not to. But overall, a lot of just missed shots for them. And I thought that because our offense was better, it got us to be set on defense. It's all about the energy. Kawhi was hitting his jumper, Paul George was hitting his jumper. Even though the game was being called a little bit loose again, I like the physicality they were allowing. The physicality was so much that John Morant even got so annoyed to the point where he got ejected in the fourth quarter. Every time that, you know, the Grizzlies were hanging around because the Clippers kept turning the ball over. I'm going to check how many turnovers we had. But we kept turning the ball over, keeping them in the game. We had 17 turnovers. So that's entirely too many. They scored 13 points off those turnovers. Points in the paint, 50 for the Clips, 54 for the Grizz. But I thought that we did a good job responding every time they tried to make a run. I thought Kawhi was making some big plays. And then at the end, it was Batum that shut the door. His corner threes, man, those things look like they don't even just make it every time. It seems like he switches it every time. And his defense is just smart. He's intelligent. He knows where to be. He knows when to help. He knows who to switch on and who not to switch on. And you got to give our big guys credit for stepping up. And how could I forget To mention Terrence Mann, who came in and gave us a big boost, 14 points, I believe. 13 points taking him to the basket with confidence the way he is moving out there and the way he was playing defense again getting over screens putting pressure on the ball handler 13 points and 6 rebounds in just 18 minutes of play on 6 of 8 from the field. I thought that Reggie was you know he only played 11 minutes. So he was quieter. I didn't think senior was that good. I think he this was a bad trip to Memphis for him. We need him to be better against Milwaukee for sure. He was only one of six and played 23 minutes, but I thought his activity on defense wasn't bad Four points. Three turnovers for him is too many. Lou Williams, a decent night for him, definitely. Making shots, getting to the basket. He was also turning the corner and got four assists because of that penetration. 17 points on 6 of 12 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. Kawhi Leonard got to the line 11 times and made all 11 of those free throws. That made such a difference for us. 17 of 18 at the line. The only missed free throw was from Zoo, who had eight rebounds to go along with three points. I thought he was okay. But Paul George, 13 points doesn't do him justice. Eight assists to go along with those 13 points. Kawhi Leonard is my player of the game because he was aggressive and he did exactly what I said that he didn't do yesterday. We are undefeated, the Clippers, on second half of back to backs, and now we move on to 24 and 11, and we got the tough Milwaukee Bucks. Hopefully, without Drew Holiday on Sunday on ABC. So a good win for the Clips. A great bounce back win. We made those adjustments. Tyloo did a good job. Tyloo took accountability. Because he's a great coach, and he knows he doesn't make excuses like Glenn Rivers. Let's move on to the Lakers and the Trail Blazers. The second matchup of them this season. We talked about the first one when it happened. The Blazers coming into Staples Center and winning. That was with a fully healthy Laker team, but also a fully healthy Blazer team. With Yusuf Nurkic and CJ McCollum and Zach Collins, all of which didn't play tonight. But the Lakers, even though they were without Anthony Davis, they got somebody big coming back tonight, and that was Dennis Schroeder. And oh boy, did he make a difference. His pressure on the ball was back. His ability to play in pick and roll was back. And the ability for LeBron to go to the bench without worry is also back. I thought the beginning of the game, like the first six minutes, the Lakers came out awful. Same old that we've seen the last couple games. Lazy, not talking. LeBron was late on his rotations, not rebounding. Uh, Who else? Marcus Saul was getting, uh, Cantor was getting offensive rebounds over him. Wes Matthews, well, no, it wasn't West Matthews that started. But yeah, that was just the start of the game. Then the Lakers came back, and you saw a quick change, and it starts with who? Their leader, LeBron James. LeBron comes in, and it took him a while to get going offensively, but he started making some great, so the Lakers strategy, right? Dame started out really hot. I think he had like 15 in the first quarter, finding his one-on-one matchups, And using his high screens. But what started happening was the Lakers did what I said is what I think the best way to guard pick and rolls. Even in today's NBA. You see a lot more of it in older eras. Hard edge. Throw two at the ball handler. Recover. The only problem is with the Lakers is when Kanter got the ball, he's big. So he can shoot over most guys that are going to rotate from the weak side or from the corners. And that's going to leave shooters open. When you run those pick and rolls from the top, that's what happens. And I thought that LeBron did a really good job. This is what his specialty is on defense. Weak side help. He came over and rotated and got multiple blocks and multiple steals. I thought Morris did a good job of this. I thought THT did a great job of this. He got a couple of blocks. LeBron. Look at the stat line in terms of defense. Four steals, three blocks. He's been really poor defensively the last couple of games. He really stepped it up tonight. As I said, it all starts from the leader. I thought that LeBron grew into the game offensively. He was making great reads. Everybody does hedge and recover with LeBron because you can't let him get downhill. And I thought that most, more often than not, the Lakers are making the right plays with it. KCP, he only got five shots off and only five points. He was okay, I thought. Morris, eh, not too great. Gasol, not too great, but I thought it was the bench that really gave the Lakers the lift. Caruso, THT, Kuzma on the defensive end, and rebounding. He had five offensive rebounds and 11 rebounds total. But Lakers went into halftime down three, but it was really the third quarter where they really clamped up the pressure because Gary Trent Jr. started out well. But as the game went on, they took Canner out of it by just rotating well. And none of the other shooters could make shots. It's exactly what we saw in the glorified summer league with the Lakers played the Blazers and beat them in five. They throw two at Lillard, and he's ineffective. You know, Lillard was making all the right passes. I mean, that's all he can do. He can get his team the right shots. But they were struggling to make shots. And, yeah, the ball pressure. Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso. You've got to give him a lot of credit, man. He... They threw two at him every time. Shooters' ball pressure cannot be understated. It makes them throw the over-the-top pass. You know, they prefer the over-the-top pass to the cross court pass the Lakers because they don't want um they don't want the shooters getting the ball. Gary Trent, Robert Covington of the world. They'd rather have Ennis Cantor getting the ball. So that's the way they played it, and they played it right. And these big men in today's NBA, they're not reliable from like 10 feet out. If Cantor, the thing is a Cantor. He doesn't have a great jumper. I mean, he had signs of it in Oklahoma City, but he's much better around the rim with deep positioning. You know, I'm not comfortable with him turning and shooting like a traditional power forward used to like a Pau Gasol or even like a Marc Gasol in his prime. I wouldn't want to run, though, you don't type, run those types of schemes with, with Marc Gasol. That's what the Warriors did in the finals in 2019 and the, they got burned off of it. So, the Lakers did that through too hard. LeBron came and rotated so well. THT the same. Mon Trader, I thought, was great. His activity was great. He finished around the rim, and you know what he's going to give you offensively. 17 points for him on 9 and 9 rebounds on 7-12. He was a plus 22, the highest in the game for both teams. Mon Trader, Harrell, you know, I don't like the guy, but you got to give him the props when he plays well. He's just had a good season overall. Not as, act, not as involved as he would be with the Clippers, as I said, his role was going to decrease. These idiot Laker fans that were in my uh, comments on YouTube were telling me, he's going to get even better. No, he's not. He's going to get maybe less bad because they're going to minimize his role. He's not going to get better, at least not statistically. His average is down four points from last season, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's playing better. I think he's doing exactly what he's did in the regular season for the Clippers. Play with a lot of energy, play hard, He's been. He's clearly tried to make a point that he's better at defense than people give him credit for. Like tonight, he had some moments where he had nice double teams on Mello coming over from from the from the weak side, doubling. And the Lakers did a great job on Melo. I thought he was poor. He just couldn't hit his shots. And you know when Melo doesn't hit his shots, I mean, what what's he good for really? So Lakers, that defense in the third quarter was typical Laker basketball. It really helps to have that ball pressure from Dennis Schroeder and for the Blazers players to really go cold. The Lakers started creating turnovers, and that started getting LeBron downhill and getting him, you know how LeBron does when when he's in fast breaks, he either gets to the rim, gets fouled, or he kicks it out to a shooter, and that's what was happening tonight, and the Lakers bounce back, they end the four game skid, THT, I thought he came in with some great energy, got to the cup, made some nice dishes, and overall, just made things happen out there. Good rotations as well from him. We read the lines. LeBron was the player of the game. Back to his MVP form. Didn't like what Billy Max said, though. He he's the front runner for MVP. Sounds like a complete homer. He's completely moved down that ladder. He's not the frontrunner for MVP anymore. That's just bias. But he played like the level that you expect him to play if he wants to win that award tonight. If he played like that every night, though, guys, yes, he would be MVP. That's not the case, though, guys. If he played with that effort level on both ends of the floor every night, difference he clearly tried to score more tonight it was evident it was obvious you know what i'm saying you guys there's no statistic or advanced metric for intensity effort and uh alert alert uh, like alertness there's no metric for that that's not gonna show up in the advanced stats lebron james 27 points i'm sorry 28 points 11 boards, 7 assists, 4 steals, 3 blocks. He did it all, plus 9. 11 at 21 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. Didn't shoot well from the line, though, 4 of 8, but it was a small caveat. Or a small, you know, yeah. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, 22 points in his return. Not much of the other categories. A steal, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, 6 of 14, 9 of 9 from the line. His ability to get to the basket, turn the corner, just be a threat. Without LeBron, is huge. And it was a good win for the Lakers to snap the skid. They are now 23-11 and 11 in third place. The Phoenix Suns, I'll probably be watching like an all-possessions recap of their game. I don't really feel like watching their full game against, I don't know what weak team they played tonight, but it was a team that I expected them to beat, and they did so. So I'm happy for the Suns. I would like them to take the place of the Lakers and end up the three seed and the Lakers play the, be the four. But we'll see. Shout out to the uh, Miami Heat, by the way, my favorite Eastern Conference team to beat the Utah scum Jazz. That is always a great occasion. So I'm happy to see the Jazz lose. Jimmy gets buckets. The Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets. Shout out to Stacey King. Jimmy Butler with 33 points tonight. And I'm gonna say one thing before I end. Last night. And how many times did I say this in? Once again, say it with me, guys. Is the NBA getting better and better? If you have not watched that and you still listen to me, you are doing me a disservice and yourself a disservice. How many times did I say fast breaks are being ruined in today's league? Are you kidding me with what happened at the end of that Denver-Washington game last night? Can you believe Michael Maga Porter Jr. and... Facundo Campasso ran straight to the three-point line. Jamal Murray stopped at the three-point line. You know, and everybody all the I saw one of my boys Asher who he had on the on the on the playoff preview before the Glorified Summer League made a tweet talking about how the analytical decision is to say to go for a layup. That's not analytics. That's telling you to go for three, but the movement of analytics to shoot those threes and to be programmed and trained to run to the corner for threes. Is not good basketball. It's It's got them stuck in their head. They're not playing situational. It's ruining fast breaks. And it cost them the game. A wide open lane. And I don't want to hear all these excuse makers. They were going for the win. No, 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 no. That's when you have a decent look at it too, And then you go for a three and risk it. Not when you have a wide open layup. You caught. That's a loss. And it's not like the Nuggets are doing very well right now. That's horrible basketball. And it's, it's just terrible. It's exactly what I talk about. Garbage basketball. Garbage product. Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers are rolling over in, oh, my goodness, rolling over. Freaking uh, John Havlicek is rolling in his grave watching that that garbage of a fast break. Can you believe that? That's what our league has come to, that Michael Porter Jr. And by the way, it is an analytics problem. It's not just an IQ because you act like that doesn't happen in other games. We've talked about it hundreds of times on this show. They run to the corner. They're trained to do it. Fast breaks are being ruined, and they did not know the situation of the game awful basketball terrible basketball lower iqs than ever anyway good thing the nuggets lost great win for the Wiz. i didn't watch the game because you know it's, as i said i'm gonna t- i'm toning it down a bit i'm still gonna keep I, i'm not gonna delete the wizards from it as a dime dropper team i did always say that i'm gonna stick with the i didn't say i was gonna remove the wizards the wolves are done i'm done with them they're removed from dime dropper teams but the remaining 8 we'll still watch. I just, you know, watch the Celtics, Lakers, and Clippers every game, basically. The others, most games. But we'll see. I didn't get to watch the Wizards game. Tomorrow, we will not be live. Tomorrow, I'm taking a break. There's no Clippers or Lakers game, so we're good. I'll just watch games so I can come back to you on Sunday with a better recap. I'll try to see what I can watch tonight. I don't know if I'll watch the Suns. Maybe I'll watch the Warriors. I think I'm going to watch the Warriors. Uh, Warriors game and... I don't know, were there any other DimeDropper teams that played today? The Celtics. Yeah, I'm going to watch the Celtics and i will going to watch the, uh, the Warriors, not the Suns. But anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. Thanks so much. Now I'll go to the live subscribers for the next six to ten minutes. Peace out. Let me know what you think. Episode 52, Jamal Wilk style. Have a good night.